Okay. All right, let's do it. Okay. We have rats. Okay, like a like as in the rodents, not a pet. Although August really wants to put him in cages, um, he's so adamant about catching it and putting it in it in the cage. Which listeners, I don't need your judgments. It's rats, okay? Um, and so we, I saw one, and then in the house, like I saw it in the house early morning a few weeks ago, and then and then it ate an apple, and then we tried to catch it. And then we called the exterminator. Well, we called the exterminator right when we saw it in the house, but it was going to be like we were going through our home warranty. So it was going to be like another week and a half before they could come. And so then we caught one. And I'm not going to tell you how because people are so judgy on how you catch animals. I love animals. I am all about like capture and release and rehoming. We are talking about rats in Mm -hmm. our lives. It's a different category. Yes. Yes and amen. So yes, then, it can like chew on your child's nose. If it can chew on your child's yes. nose, then there's there's a place where you have to leave tenderness behind. The best thing is I said something on social. I said something <laughs> on social and everybody gave me all their information, all their opinions, which is a lot of opinions on rats and stories. And what and it's stories like rats chewed through our plumbing oh, and flooded our whole house. Wow. I mean, it's horrible what rats yeah. can do. Rats yeah. chewed through this and we ended up needing to like tear out our entire kitchen because of rats mm-hmm. and all these things, right? And according to everyone, you can never get rid of them. None of those stories were helpful. Not one. Anyway, yeah. the exter- <laughs> None of them become pasta makers? Is that what you're saying? I mean, the only reason I'm not panicky <laughs> is because of ratatouille. Otherwise, I would be in a panic. Marissa, what were you going to say? I've heard the same. Like, they never go away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. So we had an exterminator come. And he can see where they were coming into the house from the outside. So we've sealed all that up. We have traps set everywhere. And since we sealed that up, oh, and he said they're not living in your house or in the office. We have we have sign of rats in our office too, where I'm at right now. He said they're definitely coming from outside. They don't live under your house or in your house. They come in from outside. So that was good news. Mm-hmm. And we're taking the little bits of good news we can get in this year of 2023, which has been hot mess express for the Avis family. And... We sealed up all the holes and we haven't had any more action, which is great. I know that they live outside and they're going to be outside. We have two avocado trees, so they love fruit trees. And when we pick avocados, you can see signs of rats on the avocados. And I'm I'm fine with that. Like live outside. Rats have, have an avocado or two. This is great. Take them home to your young, but don't go in my home. So there's two rat traps in the office (laughs) and when I come in here to record like just this morning, I open the door and I'm like, like, it's like half and half. Please say we caught a rat and please don't let it be a rat. Please don't let me be a rat. <laughs> because I don't want to open and like the trap and it's a snap trap listener. And yes, it'll cause some pain in the rat's life for a short amount of time before it passes. And this is the rat. This is what we're choosing to do. So, but they're just act like alive and my traps are alive and well. They've caught nothing. Anyway. Okay, maybe that's a sign that they all are outside and they just got you sealed it up and they weren't in inside for business. They were yeah. out feeding off the avocado tree. Yes, exactly. And, and our we have this home warranty thing that we renew every year and it covered the rat like um somebody coming, which is great. But we can pay like fifty dollars a month for the next year to have them come once a month. And I'm like, yeah, 
I will give you $50. I'll give you $500. No, $50, no sweat. That wouldn't even be like, yeah. Seriously. What is the weekly? What is the weekly cost if we're going off that? Right? (laughs) You come every day before I record a podcast and check the traps. Anyway, that's it. That's what's been happening here. And our year has been such a bleep show that I'm. I mean, ratatouille, yes, I I have a different feeling about rats. And if you don't know what that is, listeners, ratatouille is just one of the best. So does Andy feels that way, too. And it makes me It is a great one. one. I didn't feel as strongly. And then Andy's like, this is so great. He's like, maybe he's seen it with the kids like five times. And now hearing you say it makes it more sane to me. So I'm like, okay, this is a thing. (laughs) I still could care less about rats. (laughs) Which reminds me of, have you guys seen Everything Everywhere All at Once? No. Is it good? Yes. Oh, my oh. gosh. Oh. Is you this a Disney it. movie? You got to see it's it. It's amazing. But no. it's like, oh. <laughs> it is not a Disney movie. It's <laughs> Okay. <laughs> but they have some very strange references to Ratatouille. <laughs> uh, like, I don't even know how to explain to you the references to Ratatouille, but um. No, there's, there's no, no way, way to, to explain, explain the movie. Part of this like movie. it's and it's wonderful. No, it won a bunch of awards. It is wonderful. You have to kind of be ready for it, though. I watched it on an airplane. I watch all <laughs> of the weirdest movies on airplanes, and every one of them, I'm like, that's the best movie I've ever seen. And then I tell people to see it, and Josh will watch it, and he's like, it was okay. I'm like, what is it about airplanes that I'm like, this is this movie was un. <laughs> believable <laughs> airplanes will do things to you you know how many people drink tomato juice on airplanes totally and don't drink tomato juice anywhere sudden, else yes what is that yeah right? <laughs> all of a sudden they need a v8 <laughs> i feel like that's the worst time to experiment with choosing to have v8 <laughs> there's something about it i get okay. canada dry i get ginger ale okay all the Ginger yeah, ginger ale on an airplane all day. Tomato juice, a bloody mary all of a sudden. You're I'm telling you, <laughs> I can't have tomatoes anymore. We won't go into my health care regimen and why I can't. Nightshade, but for you, no, no nightshades for me. Tomatoes, but I used to crave tomato juice, and I had it only on airplanes because that was the only time I thought about it. You were talking about I yourself when you were talking. Mm-hmm. about people well i talked about myself and then i talked about people <laughs> people like She's myself both categories she fits into both categories <laughs> speaking of me Wait, this was a true story <laughs> maybe rats crave oh dear i mean they say peanut butter but there's just a bunch of peanut butter on traps all over our house and no rats have eaten it I don't know. They like avocados and apples. I know that. Yeah. And I feel, I just want to say as someone who spends Mm. a lot of time in New York City, that I'm just so happy for the rats who live in California. I feel like they have a much happier life than the rats (laughs) in New York and they're trash. They just eat trash and your rats eat avocados. It just seems. Yeah. My rats might, my rats might be like organic rats we're worried about diseases and stuff i'm like they're literally eating avocados off my tree i think they're they're doing great they're doing great okay ladies enough of this that's right Jeez, louise just when you guys were all worried that this was a podcast about rats it's not enough about that ladies let's shout some worth and shift some narratives for people with down syndrome 
Today, we're going to reflect on the 2023 school year. We're talking about what worked or didn't work this school year, what we hope for for next year, and so much more. We hope you'll join us as we reflect on the good, the hard that this school year has brought. Welcome, friends, to the Lucky Few podcast. Hey friends, Micah here. When Ace was around one, I started to worry about the future. I worried about how to even know where to begin in saving for him. When you have a child with a disability, how do you even start to think about saving money for that child's entire life? It can feel overwhelming and terrifying. That's why Enable Special Needs Planning exists. They provide families with simple solutions and a unique approach to special needs planning. Find out more at enablesnp.com. This is for all the moms out there. If you're a mom and you're a listener, you're listening right now, this is for you. I want you to know you are a really good mom. And I'm not just going to say it. We're going to put it on a shirt. That's right. Right now, you can head over to theluckyfew.co and shop our new mom's collection, which includes a t-shirt that reminds you, and let's be honest, your kids, that you are a really good mom. You can also find other mama gear like Lucky Mama shirts and Lucky Mama hats. Head over to theluckyfew.co. Use discount code podcast for 10% off. That's only for podcast listeners. That's theluckyfew.co for all the mamas in the room. Okay, friends, one of my favorite times of the podcast, I have a review to read. Okay, Uptown Mama One says, I haven't missed an episode since I started listening a couple years ago. There's always interesting topics, guests, and honest discussions. A must listen for sure. Thank you, friend. You haven't missed an episode. We really, really appreciate that and really appreciate you. Um, Okay, listeners, don't forget to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. We love to hear from you. That makes me think about our first few episodes, and I haven't gone back and listened. I'm scared to. (laughs) And I I know I kind of want to, and then maybe we just take them down. I yeah I don't like to look back forward but I appreciate that she hasn't missed an episode and I'm wondering if it's those ones too I have a feeling it is those ones too if we take them down then we have to like recount everything and then I know they're really good though actually they were really good we just are embarrassed because it's like listening to our (laughs) 
voices on an answer machine, but like amplified. <laughs> and talking over one another. And talking I... over one another and giggling way too much. So I think cute. we did get a review early on about how much we talk over each other and people and someone like commented <laughs> on how it got better as we went along. And I think that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> I hope we got better. We didn't mean to. <laughs> we just were so excited. <laughs> we were new podcasters. That's so funny. Okay. Let's dive in, you guys. Let's do it. Okay, so we are reviewing what year of school is Sunflower, Ace, Macy, and August finishing up? Sunflower is finishing up third grade. I feel like the jump from third to fourth is just a big one. It's gigantic, and I'm, well, we can get into it. And I'm nervous for it, even though we homeschool. There's been stuff. We had an IEP, and it wasn't (gasps) favorable. Dun, dun, dun. Should we just do that right now? You can just get into it. Okay, fine. So we had an IEP and it was her triennial. I can't say that word, triennial. And um, in the homeschool world, we still, for California at least, we are part of a public school charter. So we still um, turn in homework samples and we still do state testing. Um, Sunflower gets her speech and OT and um, SAI services through the charter. So she has an IEP. Um, With the triennial, she had to do all of the evaluations and testing all over again, as you guys know. And then as well as because she's a third grader, take not only the STAR 360 test, but also this other state test that's pretty difficult, very difficult. And since she's a mild mod placement, um, they don't do any adaptive tests for her. So she just takes it and she's not supposed to, these tests don't go towards your student's grade, but it's just like a marker to see how the students are doing. Right. And, and, and kind of is either a plus or a negative thing for the school. Right. So we're kind of still dealing with like public school rankings and why people in her IEP team, because she had low scores, think that she needs to be moved to a mod severe placement. So and that's our big issue that we did not align with um, at this time, because also Sunflower is going to be using a. AAC device um, next year. We haven't gotten it yet. We've started the process to receive one. Um, hopefully we get to get one before summer starts. Um, but because we did extended summer, so she'll still have OT and speech in June. Um, so hopefully we'll get that talker. So that will be new for this next year. This past year was the first year in three years because of COVID, then because of no in-person services at the time, will be her first year back at like in-person speech, back with having a really awesome aid. All these things. This year was perfect. I didn't want anything to change. And then based on 
um, her, she's not at grade level. Sunflower is not doing third grade work and I'm okay with it. They're showing signs of not being okay with it. So that's more of why they want her to, um, switch placement. Cause then if she were in a mod severe, then she could do whatever kind of work she wants. I can turn that in. She doesn't have to do testing. She does a, a different kind of testing. Um, it's just easy peasy kind of a thing. The team that I saw representing the mod severe team was not my favorite. I'm, I want you guys to know this about me and I'm proud of it. So I don't care. I'm very judgmental on looks. <laughs> and attitude when it comes to sunflower not in life but then all of a sudden who's working with sunflower I'm like mm, mm. I'm very judgmental and that mod severe this is all over zoom by the way too so that's also extra judgy but um I love my team they're all bright cheery we communicate and then this other team came in and they were drab and it was like not great. And I was like, I cannot be switched. I already know we won't work, be a good fit. We're not going to work out. This is not what I want at all. So we're at a stand still. My first time being at a standstill. Usually I'm checking off, signing everything. Everything's great. Woo woo. And now we're at a standstill where I wrote an email and I said, Hey team. And I talked about all this stuff. We've got new services in place that I would like to give a year again um, of like, to try, to try it out. And we've got some new stuff. So can we, you know, um, reconsider that placement? I don't know if you can do that, but I've requested that they reconsider that placement and then we'll see where they go from there. And if they say, no, I still won't be signing the IEP. So then we'll go to next steps, whatever that means. That's a lot, Merce. I, okay. I am thinking of my kiddos and there, there's been like a classroom placement, but I didn't, I don't feel like it's ever been on an IEP if they're mild, moderate, mild spirit. It depends on minutes in the classroom. So that I'm confused. So what is it? I guess. Do you have that for ACE? Uh-huh. Yeah. Micah, what is ACE? He's mod severe. Okay. And were you comfortable with that? And like, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I had, I mean, it makes sense for him, especially after I, you know, I'm trying to remember, I think early on, um, part of the challenge with, so when he first, I was trying to have him placed in the inclusion classroom, uh, when we had to get a legal team involved, uh, mm -hmm. just for pre-K was that the inclusion classroom was set up only for children with mild to moderate uh like right IEPs in pre-k and so he was three years old when he was first um evaluated he was given a mod severe um what do they even like label is that just called like a label I keep calling it a placement because I kept saying label and they didn't like that. And I'm like, I know you don't like that, but <laughs> that is the label that we're putting placement. on. Or so they kept being like placement. Okay. Yeah, it is a label. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. 
So that was what I was, that was the challenge was they were like, well, we don't do that. If you have moderate severe, Mm -hmm. then you can't like do well in an inclusion classroom. Like that was the thing that I had to fight against as far as I can remember. And then, um, so that was like, I think, and so that, and that has always been his placement. Um, and and it makes, I mean, especially once yeah. the autism diagnosis was added in, especially knowing like where he is in terms of language and where he is yeah. in terms of like his, you know, he's still, he's not, it, so much is hard to know. Like, can ACE count to 10? You know, he might, I think he can count to 10, but can he express that he can count to 10? He doesn't express it in the way that that mm-hmm. everyone wants to see. So um, I like all of those things that like those things they need to see in order for someone to, to prove that they are learning in the correct way, um, according to the authorities. Uh, so, yeah. So for Sunflower, she can express these things um, where, but she can't express counting letters, writing, reading, but it's not grade level. Like it's first grade, kindergarten, first grade level, if I were to put a level on it. And to me, that's fine, especially because, you know, I'm her homeschool parent kind of a thing, but where they're saying it's way below their testing, like where, Going off of strictly tests, not being with her daily, she's not meeting that um, criteria to stay in that placement is what they're saying. It's, it's, and that's not good enough for me. Yeah, that's that the IEP team gets to decide. Yeah. Like the, but the IEP team gets to decide. Yeah. Testing, testing then drives goals. Right. So this is, where, this is where our kids are at yeah. in, according to this test. And then that determines goals. And then goals determine placement. Yeah. So as an IEP team... Yes, yes, it can be she's testing at a level that's mod severe. And these are the goals we're going to create. And we're going to write goals that are going that are going to be achievable in the setting in which we believe is best for her. And then the goals drive placement, not the testing. Testing doesn't drive placement right. in, in a program. So and the IEP team gets to decide it. I know. Like that's the whole thing. Uh, IEP teams, we're work- we've worked with a lawyer all school year. And she's like, the IEP teams, whenever questions come up, are like, can we try this? Can we do this? She's like, the IEP team has so much freedom to decide what's best for the student. They could say yes. Yeah. But goals drive placement, not testing. Yeah. Right. So. Right. I'm going to write that down. Goals drive placement. (laughs) But, and what's frustrating too, is that there are um, tests that are maybe sunflower would be more successful in, but she cannot mm-hmm. take those alternative tests unless she's mod to severe, mod sure. severe. So, but I think that's frustrating. Cause I'm like, uh, if you're, if our goal, like we're saying to see where she's at, then she should be able to take those tests. Mm-hmm. And then if just based on the fact that she's in the, she has an IP, she has a disability, you're seeing all these other markers and where she's at, then I just think it's silly if that test is available to not make that accommodation for her. Yeah. Well, and and it's, this is why inclusion, the way that it's being done in so many places is so frustrating is because 
if we're looking at creating an inclusive learning environment for our kids with Down syndrome, the testing is just a thing to let us know where to start. And instead yeah. we've made it the end, the end result, you know? Mm-hmm. And so that, I mean, there's so many places that are doing it really well. This is what we've been saying to our IEP teams this mm-hmm. year with at the end of the year, like with Macy and I can get to that. She's going to a new school and a whole new thing next year, but it's been like, Hey, the, you don't have to reinvent the wheel here. You can literally go to so many places that are doing this really well and see how kids who test at a level that puts them in the category of mod severe. So that's the category, right? These tests say this is where our child is. Okay. But that doesn't mean that they don't have access to their their neurotypical peers. That doesn't mean that they shouldn't have access to a genetic classroom. That doesn't mean that inclusive practices shouldn't be in place. So one is not, does not equate the other. And if you, and that's the way it should be. So and that the law supports that. Mm-hmm. So then it's just a matter of making sure that everyone understands what the law is and as a team deciding what's best for a student. And the parents are a part of that team, equal members mm-hmm. in the team. So right. it's so I frustrating. Also, it is really frustrating because I don't mind if I, and I'm not even trying to be um, blind to what Sunny can and can't do. I just don't think that placement is, I don't, I, that doesn't represent her as a whole student. It just represents right. a portion of her challenges more than anything. And I just, I can't sign off on it. And me, and I feel like sometimes me saying that I'm being discounted by the team because almost like I couldn't cope with it is how I felt like they were treating me as far as like, like, Oh, you're having trouble with that label. It's not a label, you know, but this is what we think is best (laughs) and take the stress off the sunflower. I'm like, sunflower is not stressed. (laughs) She's not stressed. She tells, she's the most confident student. And this is my issue. She thinks she knows how to do division. She doesn't know how to do division. And she's like, mom, I got this. And I'm like, okay. But I'm Terry Brown way. So I'm like, I give her all the confidence and praise. You got this. Get it, girl. Um, so I, my, they were just throwing stuff at me that I think was just the regular script, mm-hmm. you know, of mm-hmm. them doing IEPs all day long, all the time. Yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, it was just, let's speak on these things. She's still going to be challenged as a student. She's going to still be um, working on goals. Cause I was like, that's just not where, I don't know. I'm, I'm bummed. And I feel like I'm going back now on all all our episodes and getting ready because I just feel like they're not going to sign off. I, maybe I'm being pessimistic, but I think my request for them to reconsider their placement, I'm assuming won't, will be denied. So then we'll just go to the next steps, whatever that means. Mm -hmm. That's annoying. We homeschool. I'm like, just sign off on what I want and leave me alone. It's fine. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. That's the whole point. The point of homeschool is to be left alone. (laughs) Right. (laughs) To be left alone. And I want the services though, please. (laughs) Give me the stuff and leave me alone. (laughs) Please keep giving me services and let me and Sunny be. You're fine. Um, But... On a good news 
portion. Um, I think Sunflower is in another blossoming state of her speech right now. We're just hearing a lot of words and a lot of progress. So for us, that's a win right now. Yeah. Yeah. I think her AAC device will be amazing. Yeah. I'm glad you guys are doing that. That sounds like it will be super beneficial. Yes. All right. Well, keep us posted. I think it's interesting. Like, like you said, you still want to get all the services. There is a little bit of a dance to it that this, where our kids Mm -hmm. fall on this line of, I don't even know what it is. Ability, intelligence. It's not, it can't be intelligence. They're what, I I don't know. What, what do we call it? Um, Intellect where they fall on this like line of intellect then does open up doors or not. And the lower you are, the more services you get. So yeah, let's, there is a sense of like, let's, let's put this label on our kid, but we can't, that Mm -hmm. label can't deny them access. That's where, that's where the rubber meets the road for me, you know? And it does, they switch. So in our IEP and I was stronger back in the day. And then I kind of let my guard down communication, was first and foremost what why she was granted an IEP. It was first listed as communication. Then they presented, and I was like, yeah, I get that. I get that now as the gap is widening. Cognitive delay yeah. was now placed mm-hmm. in front. Intellectual was placed in front. And wouldn't you know it, it's also then why now they're saying moderate, severe. So I'm like, oh, it does, words matter. Even when they're like, they said, you know, she can, as she's going along and as she tests better, then we could reconsider the placement. But I just know that would be a fight. Either way, there's going to be something. And so I just want to keep her in the placement she's at until me and Andy feel like that's the wrong Mm -hmm. kind of route to go. Yeah. Um, So we'll see. Hmm. Super interesting with the homeschool piece there. Well, if you want it, yeah, if you want, if you're, cause you're still public. Right. right. Yeah. yeah. You're still under a public umbrella. Yeah. And so, and you're receiving funds. Right. So that means you answer to someone, mm-hmm. you know? So it's in, so that part's interesting mm-hmm. too. Uh, I appreciate yeah. you keeping us like aware of how, how it works for you, Mercedes, because it is like, I'm every time you talk about the process, it's just fascinating to me. Like what you, I don't know. I like, I guess I kind of assume that you would get to have more control, but you don't, you don't really get to. (laughs) I know they, they, you do. And then all of a sudden it also, my team changed so much. You guys, this it's yeah. like social workers. Yeah. It depends who you get. 100%. And that's the most annoying part is our two big people changed. Mm-hmm. So I used to be, that's what I'm saying. I went and I was like signing off things. Yes, that's what I want. Yes. Thank you, everybody. I love you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and then those people left and new people are in place and they just don't work like I do anymore, you know, and it's off of opinion, which I feel like is so yeah. annoying and hindering also, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Cause it doesn't make it straight lace. And then it makes me hard to believe the person, Oh, we can't do it. I'm yeah. like, well, why not? Yeah. 
the other person did it. Yeah. You know, our district is moving towards inclusion <laughs> district wide and starting next yeah. year with TK through second, every school. And then the next year it'll be through fifth and then into the middle schools and high schools. That's amazing. And so, okay. well, keep listening. And so <laughs> I'm on, yes, <laughs> yes. On paper. And when you hear the, the sentence, amazing. So they invited me to be a part of like an inclusion advisory board something, something that is with like the head of special services, different principals, educators, and two parents, myself and another mom who has a son with Down syndrome who I know. And um, we just had the first advisory meeting, which is interesting to me because it's starting next school year and we're almost done with the school year. So when are, when is everybody being trained? Um, this is a question I have, but also they're only doing it with mild, moderate students. The mod severe students aren't included. So I'm like, this is exclusionary inclusion. This is what we're doing. Huh. And that's exactly why also, and I'm probably part of the problem. Why I don't want Sunflower to have a moderate, severe placement. There are so many less doors open to her that that happens. Like say for some reason I have to go back to work and she does have to go to school. Now what groups do I have to jump over because of that placement? You know, it just affects. It's it's more of a fight. Yes. It, Mm -hmm. no matter what, there's going to be a fight. And I just think it affects her future. Or if I want to put her in high school programs Mm -hmm. or college programs, you know, it just makes things a little bit more difficult. And she just thrives in a classroom setting. She thrives in activity. She's actually a great student but she can't say everything she needs to say. And that's the biggest hindrance for her. You know, I don't know. Yes. Well, Heather, tell us your big decisions. You mentioned that Macy is doing something new next year. Yeah, so Mason's finishing up eighth grade, and she'll be in, transitioning into high school next year, which I can't believe. Oh, my gosh. I know. And then August is finishing up second grade, and he's nine. He did second grade a second year because last year was really, 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 really awful. And this year was so freaking wonderful. And I – and it is – Mercedes, you were saying like a different person on the team. Yeah. Education, because we lack foundationally seeing the ability in disabled people, because education started as a segregated space. Um, and we haven't, in my opinions, like the the tough work hasn't been done. I've talked about this before. We there's been no ripping up of a foundation, just band-aids and building upon a broken foundation. Yeah. And so, or a foundation that, that excludes um, people with intellectual disabilities. And so because that work hasn't been done, then it is person by person. And mm-hmm. if you have, last year was a hot mess because of the people involved for August. This year was amazing because mm-hmm. of the people involved. And it's so fragile that way. So mm-hmm. I am mourning the end of this year for August 
and it's been so good. And I have, we have a meeting in a couple of days. It's written into his IEP that at the end of every school year, August will meet his teacher and there'll be like a, like an intentional introduction by trusted people um, and like time in the classroom. So that'll be in the next couple of weeks, but Josh and I will meet the teacher on Thursday and I am just a little sick about it to be quite honest um, mm. because it's got to be a fit. It's got like this person. It's so hard when you don't trust that educators see the best in our kids with disabilities. Yeah. It's so hard. And I love educators. I love them. I just also can think of myself as a special educator at the high school that Macy was slotted to go to in the life skills program and how myself and my coworkers talked about and viewed our students, even Mm -hmm. though of everyone on campus, we loved them the most. It was still, there was still so many moments that were dishonoring um, in ways that we couldn't even see, which is what makes it so terrifying. Anyway, I'm hopeful that this teacher will be amazing. (laughs) And it's a tiny school for Augie. Like there's 500 kids in TK through fifth Mm -hmm. and the principal is just a total ally and for August and um, I trust her completely, but that trust piece is everything in education. And it, at this advisory mm-hmm. thing I was a part of for this inclusion stuff that that's what the meeting was all about was trust. And I, there's a woman in the meeting who I worked with Mason, since Mason started in fourth grade at this district. And we had all kinds of things happen this last year. Like the trust is broken. And I sent an email to her and this other lady. I'm leaving it vague friends because it's really not appropriate to share in a setting like this, knowing that anyone can listen to this podcast. But um, the woman at, at that meeting, I sent this email that was basically like, you guys said this one thing and then went this way and I listened to you and you totally broke my trust. And it resulted in Mason having a horrible school year. And yes. I'm so sad and frustrated that this was what happened after what you said here and what actually played out. Mm-hmm. And this lady was in the meeting and she like in tear with tears in her eyes, mm-hmm. she was like, I... I broke your trust. I totally broke your trust. And I'm really sorry about that. Aww. And I, I was like thankful and said, I thank you so much for saying so. Anyway, the people piece is so important. The trust piece is so important. And I just don't have trust with our district. And I could bullet point why. And everyone would be like, oh, neither would I if I were you. Um, so yeah, I do trust Augie's principal 100%. I trust a teacher this year totally. And that even though I'm like a little bit terrified for next year, there is a sense of, okay, I'm, I am trusting you guys to place him in the right place and to give that person everything that he or she needs for August to have a great year for that person to be the right kind of person and students like there's certain students he gets along great with. I just know that they're going to be doing their absolute best with everything in their control to make sure August is set up for success next year. And it makes me so grateful. I mean, so grateful. And then Mason Hope, RP Avis, moving on to high school. So we um, applied. This is our third year applying for a um, charter school in our community that starts at seventh grade and goes till 12th grade. It's a free charter that um, the Montessori school feeds into. The Montessori school costs the same as college. It doesn't, but it feels like it. Um, so our kids never did that, but this school feeds into it and it's a free tr- a public charter. And we did the lottery and truly, and Macy both got in truly will start in seventh grade 
and Macy will start as a ninth grader. And Macy will be the second student with Down syndrome in 20 years. Wow. So, <laughs> so Josh and I are like exhausted this year with Macy's schooling has been, has pushed us to the absolute brink. And we're like, okay, do we do this? I mean, it has been a real conversation. If she goes to the high school, she'll be in the life skills class. Um, either way, we've determined certificate of completion is what makes the most sense for Macy. And I, I think for a long time, there was a part of me that's like, no, she can be diploma, diploma, and she can't. And that's totally fine. And it would make no sense for her to do diploma track. So certificate of completion, either way we go. And the life skills class, there is a sense of like, I can just sort of drop her off and like, okay, it is what it is. Um, And it would be a little bit easier in a lot of ways, but we're going to do this charter school and it's going to be great. (laughs) We've had some good meetings. We had our transition IEP and they came to it, the head of schools and they have a, they don't have a special ed department. They have a resource teacher on staff. Um, There are other kids on staff at the school with IEPs. There's a couple of kids on the autism spectrum who have one-on-ones. Macy will have a one-on-one. Um, they still have to provide her what is written in her IEP because it's a public school, but they all have to fly the position. They are right now flying it. If you're listening and you live near me and you want that job. Um, so it will be a lot of work, but the educational theory, like, uh, what's what I'm thinking of how they look, view education. It will, it, I feel like it's going to have to work. Otherwise, they'll be contradicting themselves mm-hmm. on what they view as, like, priority. Their mission statement. In education. Yeah. 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 And they all seem fine with it. I don't think – no one's like, yes, Mason's coming here, as far as the two teachers we've talked to. <laughs> but <laughs> – um, and I'd like that to be everywhere we go, and I you know that's unrealistic. But it'll be good. There's 7th through 12th grade, 250 students. So it's Perfect. teeny tiny. Yeah. And there's goats and chickens and a garden and it'll Yay. be very farmy. I love yeah. that. And lots of opportunities for cool. life. Like there's all of the students work in the kitchen. All of the students do all these life skills that yeah. Macy will be beneficial for her. It's like mm-hmm. everyone at the school does that. And truly will be there too. And truly and Macy have never gone to school together. So that'll be fun. Oh, what a fun change. Yeah. So there you go. We're in the that's what's happening. I feel tired and mm. um frustrated that this is the way things are in schools. It's exhausting. Yeah. You guys have yeah. like after yes, enrolling in this this school, this will be like you have done everything. Like you have tried every school that exists in your area. Well, we haven't, we haven't though. That sounds, it seems like it, huh? (laughs) Um, We haven't done a private school. We've never done a private school because our local Christian private school denied Mm -hmm. Macy going there. So there's that. And um, we haven't homeschooled. We've only done our public schools and then now this charter. But it sure does feel like we've done it all. Oh, bless. <laughs> All right. That's that. How about Ace Face? Oh, yeah. So Ace Face is my friend. He is finishing up second grade and his schools, the schools here are set up where 
It's a kindergarten through second grade school. And then those same kids go to another school for third through fifth grade. So yeah, so this this school that is third through fifth grade, he'll be starting next year. And it's actually walking distance from our house, which the other school that he's been going to has been a little further away. Um, and so that's pretty fun. Well, he spent a lot of time playing on the toys there. And so he knows at least the outside. Um, and we just had his initial IEP for next year. The great thing is that he he is going to this new school with all the same kids. And he's had such a good year this year with his friends in his inclusion class. So I think it's going to be a pretty smooth transition for him. Uh, but it is weird, like, because his older brothers never went to this school. Mm-hmm. It does feel like, and because I still am new to this area, I just don't know anything about this school. And I don't know the teachers. And so at the IEP, the teacher he's going to have in his, for his academics, you know, he has in the way that the inclusive practices work for him is that he spends the beginning of class with his general ed in his general ed classroom. It's his home base and he does specials, which is what they call it in Jersey, which is like science, uh, music, PE, art, library, all of that stuff he does with his general ed classroom recess lunch but the academics like reading math writing all of that is he goes back to the special education ABA classroom so we had the ABA instructor on the phone for that IEP for next year but I haven't met that teacher and he hasn't been assigned the inclusion general ed teacher mm-hmm. so you know all of that feels kind of up in the air and uh, I don't know what that would be like. So, and we're still kind of, there's still some things we need to iron out about his IEP for next year. So, to be continued. Always the continuum of yeah. the IEP forever. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Are you allowed to troll them a little bit and request an IEP yeah. until you get the answers yeah. you want ever? So, yeah. And I. Okay, cool. <laughs> I might have to go that route. I'm going to need to request another IEP. There's 16 people on my team. They will get really mad. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You will. You you should definitely, Mercedes, keep on asking for IEPs until you figure out the, like, until you feel satisfied with your. The best solution. <laughs> with her label. <laughs> yeah, you have, yeah. have an addendum. We have, I think we had seven IEP meetings this year for Macy. Seven? We had maybe, uh, including her transition, maybe yeah. six. Yeah, just addendums because it's not. Yeah. Yeah, this is such a great plan. Yay. Oh, it's not being implemented. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, this isn't happening. Oh, this isn't happening. And do you guys do it in person? We can. We'll okay. we'll usually choose. But at the middle school, she has six. She had six teachers 
So then it was Whoa. it was a bit of a Neat. you guys. I could literally talk for three hours about <laughs> okay. with Mason. It was a bit of a mess. So we actually had one meeting where we met every teacher. Right. Yeah. yeah. I was gonna say, like today I'm gonna get the IEP from last week's meeting, the draft sent home to sign. I am mm-hmm. not gonna sign it because I um wasn't I kind of at the very end of the meeting, it was casually mentioned, hey, but he's not going to start in the general ed classroom at the beginning of the school year because we want him to like feel comfortable first with the ABA classroom and then we'll ease him into it. And so then it was like, oh, time's up. Let's go. So I, I was like. You're all okay. Uh, yeah. So today will be <laughs> I will draft a, an email and I will request that this be included in the parent concerns section of the IEP. So it will be officially entered in and I'll say, hey, I don't agree with this. I think he needs to start from the very first day. This is his classroom too. His peers need to know that. He needs to know that. And um this is he he can adjust just as well on the first day as he can adjust to the ABA classroom on the first day, yada, yada. And so mm-hmm. then we're going to go from there. So if they are like, oh, we need to have a meeting about that, then we'll have a meeting. But if they don't think we need to have a meeting and they're like, wow, what an interesting idea. That's great. We'll just add that to the IEP and then I'll say wonderful and then I'll sign it. So that's how that's going to work. <laughs> I think that those first couple days, those first couple weeks, if you're doing inclusion, it can't be under um, expressed, under emphasized is the word, how important it is that our kids start off in the gen ed setting. If they, mm. if they, I, I feel, and this has been our experience with my kids, that they're either going to be embraced as part of the community or they're mm-hmm. going to be seen as a visitor. And with oh. so much in and out, which isn't a bad thing in my opinion, mm-hmm. I think the pulling out for academics, my kids have always, in it, when they've been in a gen ed setting, there's always been time to go to the resource room. But there's also lots of kids in the class that, that are doing that. They're not the only ones. Or like you pull out for speech or OT push in or whatever. But if they don't start out as yeah. a member of the community and they're not seen that way by their peers, by their teacher, by the aide, and they identify that way, then they will they will be a visitor for the rest of the year. I don't think you can undo it. Like I I don't think you can emphasize it enough. It has to start as a community member. You have to. In my opinion and experience. I think that's partly why Mason's year started off so bad is it wasn't that wasn't the case. I don't like when they say more comfortable. Let me tell you what I think your child will feel more comfortable right. doing. That's what those are the terms that I was talking about where I'm like, I just feel like you've done a lot of IEPs this week that you're just like spinning off a script. But right, right. Like, how do you come to that conclusion that ACE as an individual student on his personality and his situation should just start off in that classroom first in the new year or in the new school year? Yeah. What made you come to that? Right. I disagree. You know, (laughs) like it's so interesting. It's almost like, even even saying to educators, and re- this is a reminder to myself, if you even just like switch that to a question, like, hey, Micah and Chris, 
Do you think Ace would be more comfortable yes. starting out in the yes. a, in the ABA class? We think this could be beneficial. Do you think so? Right? Like showing that right. they value your opinion, that you know your kid better than anyone on the team. Right. And when it comes to comfort, you know, I think it's so important. Right. Yes. When it comes to comfort, like, because mm, then you're in a position when they don't question it, when they don't offer it as a question and invite you into the conversation, they present it. And then for me, my mindset goes to, well, I don't think that's true. And I think I know my child better at what makes her comfortable than you do. It makes it feel like you're mm-hmm. going to come back with a challenge or you have to challenge that thought rather mm-hmm. than be a part of the conversation. Yeah. That's such a good point, Heather, if they offered a question. And even that like mm-hmm. little nuance, how that mm-hmm. build, builds trust, right? Like how there's some trust built there instead of a mm-hmm. statement that probably they know you will disagree with, Yes, right? Like they already feel yes. that because this is not the first time this conversation has been had with the parent yeah. of the child with an intellectual disability, you know? Let's just all get along and it all comes down to like money and power and inability or unwillingness to adjust and flex and all the things. And our kids are just these incredible humans. We're all just sitting here proof of it. Our like right? Like we've embraced fully who they are and our lives have been changed so drastically mm-hmm. for the better. And yes, it's hard. That's what I always tell teachers and educators in IEP is like, this is going to be really hard. Period. Like, yeah, this is going to be really hard. And we can do it. And you guys are so creative and smart. And it's going to be so worth it for everyone involved if we if we give it our all. We're going to take a little break. All right. We'll be right back. I don't know about you guys, but planning for the future has always been overwhelming for me. I am overwhelmed by the details of investments, savings accounts, and trusts. I spent a lot of moments afraid of a future that I often don't know how to plan for. And having a child with a disability can make all of those things feel so much bigger and more terrifying. That's why Enable Special Needs Planning exists. They provide families with simple solutions and a unique approach to special needs planning. When Chris and I met with our team at Enable, they talked to us about so much more than ACE's needs. They talked about our dreams as a couple and as a family. They worked with us around the savings we were creating for our other children. And they gave us the kind of expert advice we needed to feel secure and prepared. Enable wants to help you create a comprehensive plan for your entire family. Find out more at enablesnp.com. All right, friends. This is the end of the episode almost. Do you have a piece of advice for yourself? You're going into next year. We've got people listening to this episode. Piece of advice like what you could have done better this year if you were to go back and then take that in with you next year? I think for me, piece of advice. Um, when it comes to Sunflower, 
And she is in third grade. I think I love her academics. I love doing So Happy to Learn as her curriculum, Handwriting Without Tears. I feel like I want to go into next year even doing, just because she's such a good memorizer, I can be doing more with that. Like I could just be upping our flashcard game and all that and taking more video of her doing those things. Like I just want her IEP team to just visually see what they don't get to see. And I think over the summer, I'm going to do that. I'm just going to be taking more video of her and her homework Mm -hmm. and just her in general. Um, just because I think it's important, especially with the way that we have decided to school, we just have to provide more proof because they don't get to see Sunday, sunny Monday, sunny Monday through Friday. You know, they don't get to know her. Um, Mm -hmm. so I think for me, I just need to Mm -hmm. be documenting a little bit more. Yeah. I love that Mercedes. I even like that to think about that as going into a new school year with new teachers and new anybody and just saying, Hey, so excited to be working with you. I just wanted to show you some things that like where we're at with skills with my kid and look at these videos and like have a few like 15 to 20 second videos that they can see that show where your kid's at. I love that Merce. What about you, Micah? Um, I think as I am just fresh off of this IEP meeting, I, I'm going to be looking through it the next couple of nights, just trying to think really hard about the assumptions I naturally make um, that I, that I think I am not always thinking need to be written down and probably should be. Mm -hmm. Um, And you know, I, I think that's kind of vague, but just, um, and I wish I had like a really good uh, example, but I think your example, Heather, of just making sure that August meets his new teacher um, and has that moment before. I I was thinking about that in terms of like, when I write this letter back before to the IEP team saying, I'm not going to sign it yet. Um, I think that's a really good thing to offer to the team to say like, hey, instead of just saying he needs two months to get used to the school building before he can go to his general ed classroom, why don't we like instead write into the IEP that he gets some one-on-one time with his both his ABA teacher and his general ed teacher beforehand. We'll write it into the IEP so he feels comfortable and we'll think yeah. about his comfort that way. And so I think just that, um, you know, our on our end, thinking creative, creatively about how we can put things into the IEP that really will help our kids and um, and remember that we do have control over those things, uh, those small things that can make a big difference in our kids IEP um, that maybe we would do naturally or feel like common sense to us that mm-hmm. documenting documenting it can make a really big difference in their lives. 
Mm-hmm. It's so true. August has in his IEP that we decided as a team last year under modifications and accommodations, it is written August will meet his teacher at the end of the school year. And that will stay in his IEP for until he is done with having an IEP, I'm assuming. But the team decided that that works best. So I think there is a lot you can add creatively into that spot, you know, for modifications and accommodations for the success of our kiddos. There's a mm-hmm. lot of freedom in that in that section of the IEP. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You guys, I would tell myself a weird thing, I think. Um, <laughs> I think that we were too, I think in the, in the last few years with Macy specifically, and then even looking at last year with August, not this school year, but the one before that was really hard. There was too, we extended too much grace. <laughs> it sounds so bad because I'm all about like, you can't have too much grace. It's not a thing. Like too much patience with an understanding of like the educators listening. You guys have had the last couple of years have been so horrible, like 2020, 2021 into this year, what you've dealt with across the board. It's so much. And there was a big part of us that's like recognizing that and having a lot of patience because that's happening at the expense of our kids getting what Mm. they need. And a lot of this year with Mason was, okay, I, I'm, we're being understanding. We're having understanding. It's a lot of people involved, people doing this for the first time. Did that. And then all of a sudden, you're 30 days into the school year. A thing that needed to be implemented on day one still isn't. So then you request a meeting. Well, then they have 30 days to hold the meeting. And now we're two months in, and this isn't working, and the whole thing's falling apart. And legally, we're the school's following all the guidelines, you know, like the dates and the timelines and all that in terms of having meetings and implementation of the plan. But we were just, I feel like we were too understanding. And I think that we can be like, um, you can be sweet and be salty at the same time. I think we can be graciously pushy. Yeah. And going into this year, not letting so much time going by of like, yeah, I get it. I get it because I think that was um, harmful for Mason for school this year, hmm. if that makes sense. And I think I that totally makes sense, and I feel like you are gracious, and I feel like maybe in a lot of ways that wasn't extended back. Like I feel like all, all right. the students are coming back from mm-hmm. also their whole education rhythm being disruptive yeah. for a while. Yeah, yeah. And I think that still, and even more so, a little more time should be extended to our friends with disabilities in the school system. Yes. I've always said to my IEP team, and then we worked a lot with like district level people this year. And I have said, we have always been reasonable in what we're asking for Mm -hmm. and what we're expecting always. And no one can argue with that. And even when we met with the head of schools at this new school, Macy's going to go to, and um, we didn't bring our lawyer. We have a lawyer through this school year, through the end of this year, this calendar year. And we didn't bring her with us. And that was a decision that we made intentionally. So, but I did say, I'm like, I feel like I need to disclose to you that we're working with a lawyer because he had already talked to the district because they're, we're within the same, they're not connected, but they are in a way, I don't know, charter schools are a whole thing, but I did disclose, I said, I need to disclose we're working with a lawyer. I just don't want that to freak you out because we're just not the people that are like coming in to get you. We needed support that wasn't being offered to us. We got to the point that we needed more support than we could 
we knew how to find outside of working with someone that's a lawyer that knows what they're doing here. Um, but I will say we we're very reasonable people. Like I just need people to hear that because we come at it. I've got the pocket. He, he's like, yes, I found you online. Yes. I've done, I've did some digging, you know? And I feel like I talk to educators that I meet and they're like a little bit scared of me. And I, I can see that side of it. And also anyone we've worked with directly would attest that we've been very reasonable. Um, so I need to be a little pushier next year. <laughs> yeah. Pushy Not within, too reasonable. Pushy within reason. <laughs> anyway. I want my people to be scared of me and I'm just not getting that kind of respect. <laughs> no, I want to be unre- not unreasonable, but like almost like, you know, she's a brat. Let's leave her alone. Give her, give her what she's asked for. That's what I want. <laughs> I'm that mom so, for sure. I'm I, that I've been since first I want grade. you to rub that off. That's it. Put that on a shirt. I'm that mom. Oh gosh. I don't like it. You guys remember we had Ashley Barlow on. Yes. As she's awesome. I just want to um, send our listeners over to her website and we'll put a link in the show notes. But she has some really great resources and a, and a podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, but she has a checklist mm-hmm. for going into an IEP meeting. She also has a checklist for back to school. That is just like all the research you need to do, the um, the letter that you should write your student's teacher, the, the information to gather, like all of those things if your child has an IEP and really, really helpful stuff, way more organized than I will ever be. Mm-hmm. Um, but if that's you, don't let it make you feel bad. Just take the things that you can take and do what you can and let it help you along the way. Yeah. Yes. You've now heard all three of our experiences and opinions. If you would like some real tangible (laughs) go to, this is what you need. Like anything we said that you're like, I wonder what about this? Go to Ashley Barlow. She's your girl. She's brilliant. Uh Uh, Subscribe to everything she puts out in the world. Take all of her online courses. Mm -hmm. And this is not sponsored by any, in any way. She just is so great. She's wonderful. Has incredible resources. All right, friends, we're going to wrap this up. We're going to skip good news because we just had so much in this episode. <laughs> Rats, IEPs that aren't getting our way. I'm just kidding. But we are because we're an hour, we're over an hour in. So we're wrapping it up here. All right. We're going to get some good news in next week's episode. So come on back. Um, but before we wrap it up, if you're a listener and you would like some narrative shifting gear, head to the luckyfew.co and you can use podcast. Use the code podcast. You're going to get 10% off everything in the shop just for you. Just for you. And thanks, Josh Avis, for editing this episode. And Ashley Frecolossi, Losi Frecolossi. Poor yes. Ashley. We'll get us For producing it. <laughs> if you like this episode, share it with family and friends. And don't forget to subscribe. If you haven't subscribed, I'm talking to you. Don't forget. What else? Uh, I want you to check out the luckyfewpodcast.com for all those show notes, especially Ashley Barlow's stuff. It's really going to help you out. And anything else we talked about today, including gratitude. Mm-hmm. Uh, and be sure to follow us on social media at the Lucky Few Pod. That's right. I don't know that we'll have a link to Ratatouille, but you could, you could Google it. Um, <laughs> 
Um, we might get sued. Speaking of, just kidding. And you can go to social media. Did you already say that? The Lucky Few Pod. Listener, yeah. you are slaying it. We love you so much. Cheering you on always. Happy end of school year, everybody. We did it. So close. So close. We can just so taste close. summer. It's right around the corner. Um, let's spend the summer together. See you next week. Cool. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye.